Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue on Instagram and Twitter. Joined by my co-host Trayton here today as we preview the Week 8 game against the Jacksonville Jaguars as both the Broncos and Jags stand at a 2-5 and five record. Um, lots to cover today, but we have officially expanded to uh, YouTube. We are doing a video podcast now as well. So excited to get this thing going. Um, we are now on multiple platforms, Spotify, Anchor, um, Apple Podcast, Google um, Podcast, Amazon Music, and now YouTube. So if you are tuning in on YouTube right now, make sure you hit the subscribe button, you hit the like button, um, and turn on post notifications to stay up to date. Uh, make sure you guys uh, get that done. We got plenty more episodes coming. We got live streams coming, um, reactions to the games. Um, the live streams are about to be popping. We got We want to see you boys in the chat going crazy. I'm super excited to get this thing uh, going. I know you guys have been waiting a while for uh, to, for us to bring these uh, video podcasts, and uh, we officially got them now. So I'm super excited to get this rolling. And uh, without further ado, uh, how are you doing on today, uh, this evening, Trayton? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be on video, and we got a fun episode today, so I'm, I'm pretty hyped. Yeah, make sure you guys stay till the end of this one. Got lots to go over and this is going to be a pretty fun one so um with that being said i just want to quickly go over uh today's injury report as of friday um it was an- announced that russell wilson will be starting um sunday it will not be brett ripon um russell wilson obviously went through um some high knees to get back to uh uh his availability for um sunday um we saw a little bit of mocking from justin tucker after uh their game on the airplane um so for the official injury report, we have uh, Sang Bassey. He has been ruled out. Baron Browning is ruled out. Tyree Cleveland is ruled out. Cam Fleming was ruled out. And Caden Stearns is ruled out. Um, Josie Jewell was a full practice. He was a full practice as of Friday. So that is encouraging to see um, as he was limited throughout the week. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, he's been inactive the last two weeks. So um, to have him would be pretty big, pretty big for this game. Mike Purcell was a full practice. Obviously, Russ is a full practice, and K1 Williams was um, full practice this whole week. He'll be active for this game, barring any setbacks. So, um, yeah, that's kind of our injury report. Um, it's nothing too crazy. Obviously, this team has multiple uh, season-ending injuries and multiple players on the the IR. So, um, for players that are um, just have like uh, injuries as of recently, there isn't too many. Um, obviously, obviously though, five players to be ruled out that that's a lot. Um, none of them are super big, high impact players. Obviously we know Baron Browning's out for three weeks and this is, uh, the first game that he's going to be out. So, um, yeah, uh, with that being said, um, we want to kind of go ahead and jump into this preview, uh, for this game. How, how are you feeling about it? Um, what are you looking forward to seeing and, um, what, what are you expecting from this, uh, Broncos team? Um, excluding a convincing win? Well, uh, yeah, and those are two different questions right there, what I'm looking to see and then what I expect. Uh, (laughs) 
what I expect is, I mean, I, I would hope it's in line with kind of the rest of the fan base at this point. Um, I mean, just when you see seven, seven weeks of the same thing, it's kind of hard not to expect it for another. Um, but I mean, at this point, I just don't really have much, if any reason to believe that the offense is going to get going. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what else there is that you can do. Um, I guess just hope that a lot of the issues caused by like miscommunications and whatnot, you, you got to hope that those get cleaned up and, uh, and just to, uh, I want to see Hackett call a, a full game, like a complete game. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, like, one, one thing I've noticed, uh, even at times is just like the chargers game, the Raiders game, uh, you know, we can get rolling on offense for a quarter or a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we just go completely cold in another quarter or half. Um, and, you know, when you have court, like a, a, the Raiders game, a third quarter with what was it, like seven net yards the entire quarter? Yeah. Um, and then uh, and it was the, the same story against the Charger, or yeah, against the Chargers. Um, you know, when you have when you have stretches and periods like that where you're just not moving the ball and then especially, or even getting negative yardage, I mean, that's just not going to cut it. Um, I want to see just a a complete game called by Hackett where we can consistently move the ball all four quarters instead of having to rely on Russ being a superhero in the fourth quarter, running around trying to make things happen. Uh, You know, of course that's great to see out of Russ, but, you, you know, you don't always want to have to rely on something like that uh, late, late in game. And uh, that that's what I'm looking for. That's the biggest thing I'm looking for this, uh, this week is just to see a complete offensive game called by Hackett. I do, I have any faith that'll happen. No, but um, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of, I feel like a broken record. I mean, that's what I'm looking to see from every game till it happens. Uh, and that is yet to happen. So, uh, hopefully this is a hopefully this is a matchup that we can take advantage of. But even uh, with this, looking at the matchup and then just looking at their tendencies on defense and whatnot, um, I mean, and one thing that stood out definitely against the Chargers is just uh, the offensive line and Russ just couldn't pick up a blitz to save their damn lives, and uh, and that's gonna be that's gonna be be a problem this Sunday. Uh, the Jags the Jags love to blitz. It's a super similar scheme to that um it's kind of in line with what todd bulls and the bucks like to do on defense very blitz heavy Uh, um a lot of interior pressure and i i think that'll be a problem because that you know through seven games they've proved that uh heavy blitzes and things of that sort and just even even a four-man rush is uh proven to be problematic for the broncos so um, definitely looking to see, I guess, specifically there, um, looking to see improvement in that area with the blocking and two, and just being able to pick up on a blitz, um, because it seemed like the entire time, uh, on the Monday night game against the Chargers, it seemed like the, the Chargers couldn't make it any more obvious and we still didn't pick it up. So, um, that's definitely one thing I'm concerned about. And one thing that I'm looking at to see if it can be improved, but, um, just as far as the schematical matchup, I, I really don't, uh, I don't think this is a great matchup for Denver, just with what we've seen through seven games. Uh, 
uh, you know, you, you hope that we can break that trend. I just don't expect it at this point. Um, and then as far as defensively, um, I, I, I do like this matchup a lot. I think that we shouldn't have any, any issues getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence and, and two, I think that the Jacks came into the season. I think they played a, a really beat up chargers team and, uh, you know, I think they had a really good day and I think they got a little bit overhyped. Um, I, I would almost put this team on, uh, I, I think they're worse than the Jets. Um, so I, I, I definitely do think this is a winnable game still. Uh, but if we do win, I just, I, I would predict it again to be just another low, uh, low scoring defensive game, uh, and I mean, at this point, I, again, like I said, I just, I feel like a broken record at this point. I'm just waiting to see any, any sort of life from the offense. And uh, at this point, I don't really feel that we have any reason to believe that it will get going at this point. So. Yeah, this is a game that's uh it's tougher than, you know, fans may think um, the Jaguars two and five record. They're a better, a much better team than it, the record suggests um, for the Broncos. I don't know if you could say that. Um, it's just, it's been quite a few games that we've shot ourselves in the foot, but overall the offense has held us back and I'm not going to be one to sit here and be, you know, we, we realistically, we should be like five and two, but this team, they've just made too many mistakes. And I can't sit here and say that, you know, we've been cheated anyway, because we haven't, we're just not a good football team right now. Um, there's plenty of potential. Um, there's improvement. There's lots of improvements being made um, offensively. They just need to put points on the board and they need to find how, ways to win football games. And they, they just haven't. So um, in terms, in terms of that, uh, it's going to be a hard one. Russell Wilson's going to need to, you know, he's going to need to pull out some of his magic. Uh, Hackett's going to need to call a great game. Um, this Jags defense is, is really, it's really good. Um, in terms of statistics, uh, the Broncos are allowing 16.4 points per game. That stands third in the league. Obviously, we don't doubt the Broncos' defense at all. It's not something we worry about. Um, you know, like you said, it's a good matchup against Trevor Lawrence um, early in his career. Uh, the Jags are allowing 19.6 uh, points per game. That's 10th in the league. That's still really good. Um, that's a field goal more than the Broncos. Um, so, obviously, this, this, this game will come close, but I'll get to the offensive uh, standings in a point, uh, second. Um, the Broncos are allowing 286 yards per game. That's second in the league. That's absolutely insane. Um, I believe they're just below the uh, Bills. Um, the Jags are allowing 348. That's 17th in the league. So that's kind of one of the only areas that they lack in on defense. Um, but even then, they they finish really well as a group, um, even with those yards allowed. Um, they're, uh, the Broncos are allowing 4.5 yards per play. That's first in the league. That's crazy. And the um, the Jags are allowing 5.4. That's 13th. Um, um, and then another thing, the penalties. The penalties are uh, pretty crazy. The Broncos are averaging 8.3 penalties per game. Uh, that if you if you add up all that yardage, um, I'm not sure in terms of how much yardage that uh, covers. Um, you know, for each individual penalty that they're averaging uh, gain, but. Um, you would think that it would be like nearly the entire length of a football field, um, especially with all the holding calls um, and the pass interferences. Um, it's crazy. And the Jacks are averaging 6.4 penalties per game. That's 20. So it's still not the best, but um, not nearly as much as the Broncos. The Broncos have been cleaning it up the last few weeks. So I'll give them that, but um, especially against the Jets. But um, they're going to need to stay disciplined. They're going to need to be consistent on that end. And then offense is where the Jaguars just dominate us. Um, they're scoring 22.1 points per game at 16, tie for 16th. Broncos are scoring 14.3, 14 
dead last in the NFL. That's a whole touchdown difference, not just a touchdown, but a whole touchdown and two point conversion. So um, that that's wild to me. Um, they really are favored in that matchup um, in terms of scoring uh, in the third quarter is, uh, is going to be a huge factor in this game. The Jags are scoring 6.3 points per game in the third quarter while the Broncos are scoring 0.7. The Broncos are the, the worst third quarter team in the NFL by far. Um, that's where this matchup really separates um, to me. Um, another interesting thing. Um, the Broncos have won. They have not won every coin toss season, but they have elected to defer every kickoff this season. Um, you go back and look, there's not a single game that they've received the opening kickoff. Um, and they get the opening kickoff for the second half every game, and they still average only 0.7 points per game. Um, you literally have, you know, the advantage of coming out hot uh, in the halftime. Um, and they just, they haven't, they haven't done that. Um, I'm not even sure if they've scored a single touchdown um, in the third quarter of the season. Maybe they have, but that that's wild to me. Um, that's something where the this team, the uh, Nathaniel Hackett, they need to fix this. Russell Wilson needs to get that on track. Um, I know a lot of people have been asking, um, you know, who has been the problem in Denver? Has it been Nathaniel Hackett? Has it been Russell Wilson? Um, and to me, it, it's kind of been both up to this point. You can't really put it on either or. Um, I think Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett has had his fair share of issues, definitely. Um, and then Russell Wilson, he he hasn't looked like himself. Um, I don't know if it's a scheme thing, but he has been inaccurate on throws, and you can't blame that on the scheme. So definitely both uh, for both of them, lots to improve on uh, for this offense. And, um, yeah, it really it really comes down to that. Um, it's just going to come down to the offense. Can, can they put points on the board? If they can, their defense is going to – is, uh, well, I think their defense is going to do pretty well uh, in this game. This defense has been tremendous this season, you know, if not almost perfect. So um, the fact that the offense has put them in uh, multiple pad positions and it's uh, been going this way um, and th that they've been still elite is crazy. Um, the Jaguars do have um, – I, I think you could say they have the advantage in this run game. Uh, Travis Etienne looks really, really hot right now. Um, James, James Robinson just got traded to the Jets for a sixth round pick. So he's gone. Um, I believe it's Jamichael Hasty for the Jags as a second string. Um, he had a big running, uh, rushing touchdown a few weeks ago. Um, so the, you know, the Broncos, they have, they just signed Marlon Mack, who I don't think is going to be active for this game. Um, but they have, uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, Latavius Murray, Mike Boone's out. Um, I, I'm assuming divine Zigbo is going to be promoted for this game. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's wild to me that, um, we're looking at, we're looking at it like that. Javante is injured and the Jags ha have a running uh, advantage in this one. What do you, what are you expecting from Travis Etienne in this game? Do you think he's going to, um, have another great game like last week? I think he had like 114 yards last week. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely think it's possible, but I think if we see a big game from uh, Travis Etienne, I think that would probably be, uh, and, and two, that, you know, they get really creative with ETN. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he has a lot of value in the passing game, and I feel like that's where most of his damage is going to be done, uh, just especially with Josie Jewell coming back. I have a lot more faith in the run defense now. Uh, and, you know, the past few weeks, Alex Singleton's been everywhere. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would say I think it's definitely, I, I think it's it definitely wouldn't be surprising if he has a big day, but I, I think if he does, most of his damage is going to come through passing game. Yeah, he is a dynamic player for sure. 
Um, Travis Etienne is one of those guys where he's going to pop up for like 100 plus rushing yards or he's going to have like a, a 35 yard rushing game where you just bottle him. Yeah. I don't see Travis Etienne as a three down back. I've said that um, on our last episode. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to come down to the run game for this one. It's just overall, can the offense put up points, um, re- whether it's going to be through the air or on the ground? Um, that's where it really comes down uh, to this game for me. Um, what do you have as your keys to victory um, for this game? If you just had to like bullet point a few things. Um, well, for, first would uh, definitely be stop the run. Um, second would definitely be establish the run. And I think that I actually, I'll put that at first. Uh, I think establishing the run. And I think from here on out, I think it's going to be, I, I think that'll be at least offensively. I think that'll be our biggest key to the game. Uh pretty much every week going forward because when you have when you have a passing offense that's struggling as much as Denver's is uh I mean it may maybe it doesn't fix it but at least you can become if you can become more reliant on the run game and have success uh running the ball heavily and then too that does open stuff up in the passing game you know like when, when you force teams to uh to respect the run you know that that takes personnel away from the pass uh, and like I said, you know, it may not fix it, but it, it, it will a hundred percent help. Um, I never thought I'd be like, I never thought we'd be in a situation where we're saying that we have to take as much responsibility off of Russ as possible as possible, because I mean, that's what you trade for, uh, a $240 million quarterback for is to be able to put the team on his back and carry, exactly. uh, carry the team. But that's obviously, yeah, it doesn't really seem like that's going to be something that is going to happen this season. Uh, and, and that doesn't seem like a good position to put Russ in, especially with how the offense has performed so far. Um, I think, yeah, I think establishing the run is going to be the, uh, just the, I think that's going to be the deciding factor on whether we will win. We've already seen in plenty of games before, you know, Hackett coming out being super pass happy. It's just not going to work. Um, so that's the, yeah, I definitely think if we can even just a solid five, like four to five yards of carry, I, I think we're in great shape. And then it's up to Hackett to continue, uh, using the run and making them, making them commit to it. And, yeah. you know, that's just, that's just less that Russ has to worry about and that frees up more, uh, more space in the passing game. Yeah. I'm going to get pissed if we abandon the run again. Um, I've seen way too many times this season where we've we just got we got going on the ground and it's like okay finally we got we got a little bit of something going. We saw that with Mike uh, Mike Boone recently and they just abandoned the run all of a sudden. Like I understand you can be playing by, behind at times, but it doesn't mean you go six six pass uh, six pass plays excuse me um, in a row. Um, I seen where they uh, came out of the second half and they had Brett Rippin throw like six straight passes. I don't understand the decision-making there. I want to see much better play calling from Hackett this week. Um, who knows? I don't know if this is really going to be Nathaniel Hackett's last game. I don't think it will be, but if it is, that that's that's crazy to me. Um, I'm really excited to see Russell Wilson back this week. Maybe Russ can sh- uh, save Nathaniel Hackett's job. Um, again, I don't think Hackett's – I don't think well, – from what I heard from Peyton, I don't think Hackett's done for the season. You know, granted – um, Peyton Dins is going to come out and say that, you know, Hackett's on the hot seat, but, and, you know, he didn't say anything negative about uh, Hackett actually, but um, 
Yeah, I don't think as fans uh, they should be expecting Hackett to be fired after this game unless it's just a crazy blowout. The Broncos don't score anything, um, and they just it looks like an absolute dumpster fire and nothing's going to get better. Rush just looks terrible. Then I think we could see Hackett leave and Navarro take over as the um, interim, possibly. Um, I've also heard people talk about Dom Capers. Um, apologize if I said I his name incorrectly. I think I think uh, Capers would probably be the best course of action, just because you don't want to take a arrow. Yeah, experience. Yeah, that's the number one thing, experience. And I think I think that's probably. Uh, I know. I mean, obviously, there's so many factors as to why the offense isn't uh, isn't producing, but I think that is one of the biggest things that is that there's just no experience on the staff. There's none. So uh, yeah, I think that's going to be. I think that'll be definitely interesting to monitor. Yeah, it really is. Um, the experience, I feel like, has played a slight factor into the lack of success this season. I really think it has. Um, so many coaches in the league, especially you look at Sean McVay, he had so many um, great tools around him in his in his young coaching career because, you know, he's a great, he's a great example to use because of how young he is. You know, he's a great offensive genius, but he's had a lot of people to um, look up to, ask questions. Um, and kind of just lean on in certain situations, especially during their uh, their Super Bowl run. Um, I feel like Hacken really hasn't had that. I don't know what role Dom Capers has played, um, but he definitely hasn't helped them uh, find any uh, offensive success. Um, I just don't I don't see any point in letting Hackett go for the rest of the season to kind of be a boneheaded decision. I doubt Peyton would make that move. Um, unless they truly believe that Avero could, you know, mold into a, a future head coach for them. We, I know me and you talked about this, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm honestly just, I know we're at two and five and I hate to be negative, but the season does look like it's, I don't want to say over, but it does look like it's over. Um, so I'm just excited to see what Russ can do. Honestly, that's one of the only things that we really have, to, you know, look forward to um, in this game. I just want to see Hackett call a great game. Um, I want to see the offense score touchdowns. Um, you know, key em emphasis on the touchdowns. I don't want to see seven points in a field goal. Um, I don't want to see a touchdown and miss extra point in a field goal. Um, you know, cough, cough, Jets game. But um, <laughs> I would rather see the Broncos just finally score at least three touchdowns and then the defense not play their best game. I'd rather, I'd rather see that. Cause I know our defense is going to bounce back. I know our defense is elite. I just, I want to see some touchdowns finally this week. Um, I know all Broncos, fan, uh, Broncos country can agree with that. We've been waiting for that for uh, quite some time. So um, that's honestly what I'm looking forward to this game. Um, as far as the keys to the game, I do agree establish a running game because we haven't see, seen that in weeks and we've seen it hurt this team. There's no reason you should abandon the run and have Brett Rippon throw 46 times as a play caller. You did a terrible job on that. And, um, you know, granted a lot of those throws were um, in kind of desperation mode at the end, but um, still running game needs to get going. Um, there's obviously still a lack of trust in Melvin Gordon. It's, it's super, super obvious. Um, just see, we see, we see, we can get out of him if he fumbles and okay, bench him um, and see, you know, kind of roll with Latavius Murray and uh, a Zigbo from there. But um, yeah, th this is, it's going to be a really interesting one because if the Broncos fall at two and six, um, I think we're definitely going to see at least one player traded. I hate to say that, but it looks very, very realistic at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm glad that you touched on that too. That is one thing that uh, I didn't touch on last week either. 
uh, with the Jets game is just like uh, and the play calling being so pass heavy. Um, like what you have Brett Rippon at quarterback. What are you doing making him throw 46 times? And again, like you said, uh, you know, a handful of them were just desperation throws at the end. Yeah. Um, and even then, I mean, not even on those plays, I, I'm not going to go back on a recap of the Jets game, but uh, yeah. decision-making was very questionable there. Uh, and then, but too, it's just, yeah, what you have a backup quarterback. Why are you throwing the ball? Like even uh, like 30 to 35 pass attempts is like right around the range. I'd like to see him in. And that's at the most. Yeah, uh, I know your running back situation isn't the greatest, but you know, that's, commit to the run and that's what i don't understand too that's even something that we've seen earlier in the season when we had javante and melvin uh there were games where we would average six to seven yards of carry on the ground and then they still abandoned the run and it just it, it does not make any sense to me um it's and, and it's almost uh I, i've almost noticed a trend here is it almost seems like they they tend to abandon the run the most when it's working um and, and that is just absolutely beyond me. Um, and that's what, you know, I think, and that's just kind of the theme of this season is uh, there, I, there, there's so many uh, nuanced issues with this offense that we can talk about, um, you know, Russ being inaccurate, making mental errors, and then just the offensive design, not being the greatest lacking creativity. And I think all of the, and then play calling, I think all of those are huge factors. Um but two, and then even just like the situational decisions is just you're having Brett Rip and throw throw the ball 46 times that shouldn't happen. Uh, and then two, uh, just abandoning abandoning the run regularly when it's working. Um, and, and it just it, it 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 gets to the point where, and I know I've made so many uh, comparisons and references on this podcast in the last few weeks, but. I've said this before, but it just, it almost seems like hack it's out there. It seems like he almost thinks he's coaching a Madden game or he's playing Madden out there. But like, that's what his play, it like it's his play calling is Madden esque. Like that. He, he makes decisions that uh, I wouldn't even make playing Madden. It's like it, it, and that's such an awful thing to compare it to, but it's accurate in my opinion. Um, that's just, it, these play calls and situational decisions are just, they don't, they don't make sense in any way, shape or form. Um, and you, I think that's definitely part of the inexperience that you're seeing with Hackett. I think he gets really past happy. Um, I think he gets overly confident with certain play calls, just like, and then the repeatedly going into gun on third and short situations instead of having Russ under center. Um, I, I, I just don't know what you're trying to accomplish there. Huh? So, and it's proven not to work and then you continue to do it. Um, and that's, you know, and that's another thing that I want to see um, improvement from Hackett as the season goes on. Um, obviously there's the possibility that he's not here for the, for the entire season. But I, I think, and this is pretty obvious. I think if he's not gone at, if we lose this weekend and he's not gone after the bye week uh, then I think it's safe to say that he's staying through the season um, and then the, the last thing I wanted to, uh, uh, to touch on that you addressed was uh, the comments by George Payton and the ownership. Um, 
And that's, I think we could probably have an entire, like a whole nother podcast, just breaking down uh, GM and coach speak. Uh, I think uh, at this point in the year, uh, you know, like just with how he answered the question of like, whether we're going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline. And then uh, he, you know, Nathaniel Hackett has his, a hundred per uh whatever term terminology he used but he said i think he said something along the lines of having uh having his full support and uh i don't buy that for a minute um you know drew lock said we were not drew lock george payton said we were all in on drew lock two three weeks yeah. before we traded for us so um and that's this has just kind of been my general uh rule of thumb just with gms coaches and press conferences and ownership is just um just you know use your head like you use your head and kind of just uh look at the situation at hand um i'm not taking anything uh george payton ownership or even any coach i'm not taking anything they say in a press conference seriously at this point um and it just shows you like with his refusal to answer like to give a direct answer um I think the the threat of Hackett being fired if we lose in an ugly fashion again this week, I think the threat of him being fired is just as uh, just as prevalent and there as it was before the press conference. Um, I just I you know they can only say so much. They're not going to come right out and tell you, yeah, he sucks. He's on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, so I it's just they can only say so much, and I understand that, and so. Um, I'm just not putting any, any stock into anything they say in a press conference. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a pink slip on Monday morning at this point, if we see, uh, anything similar to what the last seven weeks have looked like. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a real possibility. And again, I think we're both on the same page as far as just firing him in season. Like, what does that accomplish? You know, um, I, I don't see it getting any better at that point. You're just, your only hope is that Clint Kubiak uh, is, and I think he'd probably be the offensive play caller. Your only hope there is that uh, Kubiak is a better play caller than Hackett. And even then it's still going to be the, the same offensive system. Most likely I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them trying to install a new offense mid season. And so, um, I think you're probably still going to be stuck with the same offensive system for the rest of the year. And I, I guess at that point, your only hope is that Clint Kubiak is uh, a little bit more of a creative and just a more logical play caller. Um, and which I think is very possible. I'm just not sure how, like how much of a difference it would make at this point. Um, but yeah. So just as far as that, I think, I think the possibility of Hackett being gone after the bye week, I think that's definitely there. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I, I think Hackett is definitely on the hot seat and, uh, yeah, I think the only thing you can really look for at this point offensively is just any sort of life touchdowns. And like you said, em- emphasis on the S we need to see multiple, not, not this 16 point a game bullshit that we've been seeing for seven weeks. Something's got to turn around at some point. Yeah. Going back to the, the George Payne thing. Yeah. The. That's just GM GM talk. That's how uh, smart GMs communicate things. Um, that's that's how George Payne always has been. He's not gonna go out and say his plan right to the media, you know. Um, so you know anything really is on the table if we're being honest. Um, 
It it really is crazy. Uh, you really do you think he like we could uh definitely like see uh Nathaniel Hackett like out of the office on Monday? I think I definitely think it's possible. Um, just with all the reports that have come out, you know, Albright said that he felt a shift after we lost to the Jets. Um, he def he said he felt a shift in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, I, I think, and not only, I mean, I don't even need a report to believe this. But I mean, you, you have to imagine ownership is beyond embarrassed. Oh, they are. Yeah. And, and, to, and again, to uh, Hackett was hired well before the new ownership even came into the picture. So yep. um, it, it's not like this is their guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, I think, I think Hackett is definitely on a short leash. Um, and I, I wouldn't really be surprised either way. I, I just think that nobody's really even considering the possibility that we fire him in season. And, uh, you know, and that's what I've noticed. I think our fan base is split. I think there's the crowd that thinks that there's absolutely zero chance that we trade him before the deadline or not trade him, uh, that he gets fired, uh, that he gets fired. And then there's the other half that just want him gone no matter what. And uh, I think obviously like probably what ends up happening and, you know, how you should feel is probably right in the middle of there. Um, I mean, I think both of us want. Possibility. I wouldn't be surprised uh, either way. Um, so, yeah, I, I could easily see him finishing out the season or I could easily see him being gone on Monday. So. And I'm not really sure what's better for the team at this point. And I'm not even sure that it makes that much of a difference either way. Yeah. Another thing, like you said, for the people that are listening, um, this, this honestly, this won't even be up to George Payton. Um, it doesn't have to be um, the ownership. If they want on Monday, they could tell Hackett to pack his bags and leave. It's, it's not, it's, I mean, they're the owners. It's not up to the GM at the, uh, at the end. Like if George Payton wanted to, yeah, he could fire him. Um, but at the end of the day, the higher ups are going to be the ones that are in charge of that. Um, it's going to be a business. It's going to be a like a um, you know a full off front office decision. But at the end of the day, if the owners want to fire him, the owners are going to fire him. So um, it isn't George Payne that's you know completely taking control of these uh, business decisions. So that's something to definitely look out for because we really don't truly we know that the ownership is pissed off by the results, but we truly don't know like how mad they are. Um, by the uh the results so far if anything i haven't seen them say anything positive i haven't seen them cut it, come out and say anything positive about hackett that george Payne has so this is something very this is something you have to look at because um we could definitely see some big uh big changes soon um it, it's crazy that we're saying this um before a bye week that we're sitting here at two and five and if daniel hackett could be traded um some of our key pieces on our front uh on our team could be traded who were like first round picks for us, second round picks. So yeah, um, things for things for the Broncos could go very south quickly. Um, with that being said, I want to go ahead um, and jump into uh, our fantasy football segment, fantasy football trading. Um, glad to get this started for you guys. Um, I know a lot of people had questions for uh, your fantasy football teams for this Sunday. So we want to go ahead and touch on those um, real fast. Um, so our first question is from my boy, Jake. No, no, five. He asked, should I start Christian Kirk's? Should I start Christian Kirk or George Pickens? Uh, Kirk or Pickens? I, you know, I was really high on Kirk earlier in the season. 
uh, just with the way that they were using him, but their offense has kind of fallen off and uh, or not fallen off, but just kind of came back to earth in uh, the the recent weeks. So, uh, you know, and then Pickens, I he just he he keeps getting better and better every week. So, um, I think there's a lot more upside in them too. I just I even floor. Uh, I think I think Pickens has a much lower floor and a much higher ceiling. So yeah, I'd uh, or a much higher floor and a much higher ceiling. So I'd definitely go Pickens there. Nice, nice. Um, George VS20 asks, should I start Christian uh, Cooper Cup or Jay Jettos? Cooper Cup or Jay Jettos? Uh, shit, that's a really good one. Um, you know, looking at the matchups, uh, you got um, – hold on. Dude, how is that How is that their starter sit? Hey, yeah, that's – you got to be crazy. like in a four-man league or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I personally, I would go, I don't know. This is a really tough one for me because, um, you know, Cooper cup is going to get force fed and I mean, Jay Jett as well too. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I just, I, I like Jay Jett's matchup a lot better and that's probably, I'm probably going to have to give Jay Jett's the, the edge here just because of the matchup. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot more pieces on that Vikings offense that are going to take touches from uh from Jefferson and Cup but yeah I I, I would uh and I, I just think that Jay Jettis has a higher upside from week to week so yeah I, I'd, I'd probably roll with Jay Jettis there um side of bacon asks <laughs> yes uh can I trust DeAndre Swift for his first game back in fantasy um that's tough um the way that I'm looking at that is I, and I'm not sure if he's going to be on a, a snap count or not, I but so. I, yeah, I, I would assume so. And he, I mean, he was the, in the few weeks before he uh, sat out. So, um, and it kind of seems like uh, the, the games that he missed, he could have played. It was just more precautionary. So I'm not sure. I think it's possible that he comes back and gets full workload. I just wouldn't really consider it as likely. So I mean, it, I guess it kind of depends on who your other uh, running back options are. I mean, I'd say if you have someone that's even like relatively decent that that's going to get a full workload, um, I would probably take them over over Swift. Um, I mean, even on a snap count, you know, Swift has a lot of potential. But yeah, I think if you have anybody just that's going to get, I'd say even like a 60 to 70% snap count, then yeah, I I'd probably roll with them over Swift, but uh, yeah, I'd say Swift is probably like a, an emergency start. Just start him if you have to. Otherwise I'd just go with a, another back. That's going to get a better workload. All right. Next question. Um, we have Jalen gets buckets asks, should I start Brandon cooks or Jerry Judy? Cooks or Judy, that's really that's a really good one, actually. Um, you know, Cooks has been really underwhelming. Uh, I like the I like the matchup for Cooks a lot more. Um, I, I don't feel as confident that he's going to get the the amount of targets that Jerry will get this week, but um, I would pray. I, I think Jerry has. I think he definitely has more upside, but I'd probably lean Cooks. I think he's definitely the safer option there. Um, and actually, too, I, I I take that back. He might he I think he probably will dominate in targets because it's not looking like Nico Collins is going to be active this week. So 
that's going to be one less receiver on that Houston offense to throw to, and it's already a very depleted uh, receiving core. So, yeah, I definitely lean Cooks there this week. Daniel Iskander asked, should I start Cortland Sutton or Tyler Lockett? Sutton or Lockett, uh, that's that's another really good one. Uh, I think Lockett has the upside there. Um Cortland is definitely the I think he's the I think he's the safer play just because I mean uh in all of our games aside from the the Chargers game you know Cortland or Russ has just been I and I would say force feeding Cortland the ball um obviously that's probably not a great thing from a team standpoint but from a fantasy standpoint that's exactly what you want to see um so I get I guess it's kind of up to you uh just whether you want the high upside or high floor. Um, I personally, I would start Cortland. Interesting. Um, Emilio Gondom asks, should I start Brandon Ayuk or Tyler Boyd? Ayuk or Boyd? I, I would definitely give Boyd the start this week just mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, we've definitely seen his uh, big playability. And two, he's going to get a lot more targets now with uh, Chase possibly going on IR, missing four to six weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely like Boyd a lot. He's been uh, he's been productive in fantasy this year. He he is kind of a boomer bust guy, but um, I mean he's already he's already been really effective with Chase in the offense, and now with him out, that's just going to increase his amount of targets and opportunities. So, yeah, I definitely give Boyd the start there. And the final question, Jamin Stoll asked, should I trade Sutton and Ayuk for C.D. Lamb? Sutton and Ayuk for Lamb. Um, if it's Dynasty or Redraft, I'm trying to gauge formats here. Um, actually, uh, and I guess it kind of depends on, like, your bench and how deep you are. If you have a lot of uh, – if you have, like, decent receiver depth, um then i'd say yeah uh pull the trigger on that but it, it was uh sutton who for lamb uh Ayuk. 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 Mm, yeah that's that's tough i mean i think Ayuk. he's a player that like really has a lot of potential uh yeah i wouldn't a, do this kind of a boomer bust guy but Again, I mean, just what I've seen from CD Lamb this season, all like hasn't been all that intriguing either. So, um, I yeah, I personally wouldn't do it. I don't think that's a terrible trade though. Um, now with and especially you know it's Dak's first week back. I think there's a chance that CD and that Cowboys offense really takes off in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, I personally wouldn't do it, but. Uh, I don't think it's a bad trade. I get, and I, I guess it depends on the format. Um, I think if that's a if that's a dynasty trade, I'd say for sure no. But actually, if that's redraft, I I might lean yeah on that. If the, if that's redraft, I I could say yeah on that. Uh, that's that's actually a really that's a really good trade. A lot of out a lot of possible outcomes there. Um, I guess that just uh, that 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 just depends on my confidence in the Cowboys offense, which isn't all too high right now. So yeah, even in redraft, your final answer, I, I, I would say no, but you know, I, that's a really good, you know, that's a, that's a really good even trade that could go either way. Um, 
you know, and again, I, that, that trade for me completely depends on your bench depth. If you're really deep at receiver, uh, then I'd say pull the trigger, no question. But if you're at, if after you make that trade, since you're giving up two for one, uh, if you're lacking depth at receiver, then I would probably just stay put. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, that's going to wrap up our fantasy football segment. And now we are going to move on to uh, wrapping up this episode with our predictions, our game predictions for the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so we already talked about what we're looking for in this game, um, our keys to victory, what, what we want to see, what are we expecting? Um, and so now we got to wrap it up with our weekly predictions as usual. Um, let's go ahead and start off with our offensive and our defensive studs for this game. You want to go ahead and start? Defensive. Um, I think this could be, you know, I, th I think this is really going to be a Pat Sertan game. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, I mean, guaranteedly, whether he's following a receiver uh, throughout the game or just stand on one side, you know, uh, you can bank on just one side of their, like one side of the field or one uh, crucial part of their offense being completely shut down for the entire game. That's something you can, uh, pretty much put in Sharpie at this point, I think. So, and, and then too, uh, you know, the ja the Jags seem to be really pass heavy this season. So um, I definitely think this is a game where PS2 is going to get plenty of opportunities. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a pick. I think that Trevor Lawrence, while he's, I think that he's making a lot of steps, like necessary steps that you want to see out of a young quarterback, um, his reads and just going through his progressions, uh, how he's handling pressure. I think he's improving greatly in all those areas. And that's what you want to see from a young quarterback. But I do think that he's still uh, just, you know, throughout every game that they've played this year, I think you're still seeing him make rookie mistakes. Uh, and just like, you, you know, he, he makes throws that you would expect to see from a young quarterback. So um, I think this is a, I think this is a game where PS2 is going to have a lot of opportunities and, uh, and obviously last year, we'll see if he learned, but uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence definitely had a, had a fun meeting with PS2 last year. So uh, we'll see if he learned anything from that, but um, yeah, I think defensively, I think this is going to be a game that really uh, like really relies on the secondary. And I think PS2 will have plenty of opportunities and then offensively. Um, yeah, this is, uh, it's kind of a hard one. Uh, it, just knowing who's going to produce from week to week. Uh, um, at this point, I just, I'm going with uh, who I'm comfortable with and what we've seen with Russ back in the offense. I think it'll be a, a really, and just being pass heavy, I think uh, Cortland's going to get force fed a lot. And I think again, even though that may not be a great thing in terms of uh, in terms of the team, I think that's probably going to boost Cortland's stats a lot. So uh, statistically, I think Cortland's going to have a big day. I like it. Um, offensively for me, um, I think it can, it can go uh, two ways. I think it'd be Sutton or Russ. Um, I'm going to go and say Russ has has a, a good game. Um, who knows if it'll be a long, you know, sustained game where we constantly see, uh, you know, productive drives, uh, scoring points. But um, I'm going to go ahead and take my chances and say Russ has a good game. Um, there's been a lot of talk. Um, around him recently um who knows if he's trolling the media with the way he's have you ever noticed whenever he's like talking the media he's always smiling about something even though nobody's making a joke um 
nobody's saying anything that it's going to make him uh, maybe he's just like really happy and trying to portray that to the media. Um, or it's almost as if like hot take, maybe he's just like fucking with the media and just like tooling with all of us. Like, yeah, I, I was doing high knees for two hours straight and the other two hours I was doing some weird jumping jacks and shit. Like, like, let's be, let, let's all be honest. We want to talk about that for a second. He was not doing that shit for four hours. Um, he said it was an eight oh, hour yeah. flight. Like, too, and, and I think the original quote or the report that uh, from Zach Stevens that like went viral, yeah. uh, I think that he like that there was context missing there. And that wasn't the full quote. He wasn't sitting there for four hours straight doing high knees in the aisle like everyone loves to think that he was. Um, but I, I actually think that's a really interesting take, though. I, like to imagine if Russ is just fucking with everyone and just this is all just a massive like with the way that he talks to the media and the stories that he comes up with if this is all just a massive troll uh at that point like i i i have nothing but respect for that (laughs) as a troll myself um you know i i if you're right if you're right on that uh i mean i'm not sure if even if he is trolling, if he's just trying to screw with us, um, I, I'm not sure that we would ever know. But uh, that is not. a fun. That's a fun conclusion to come to. And if he is, I like I at that point, I can't even hate on that. But, you know, exactly. Uh, that's uh, that's impressive to say the least. Can, can you imagine he was doing the Danger Witch commercial and like he gets offset? And goes to Sierra's like, yeah, I just fucked with all these people, making them think I'm a cringy asshole, and like, it'd be it'd be funny to me. Can you like, can you imagine? Like, I wonder if he actually is this like poser, like like IRL, like outside of like behind off camera. Um, if he actually is this like really, um, cringy corny dude, like I wonder if he really is that type of dude, or if he's just really just screwing with all of us and like all you fan like non-Broncos fans are just completely fooled right now well and and too actually I, I want to get your opinion on this because I think this has definitely been uh it seems like every year whether it's the the lock versus Teddy uh the lock versus Teddy battle or the just a, every year there is one aspect of the team that divides this fan base yearly um it happens every year uh, no regard it's and it's different every year um and and this year it seems to be uh this is because it's not even an on-field part of the game uh but it seems to be russ's personality that's dividing the fan base this year yeah. um what's what's your yeah and like what's what's your take on that like the just the corniness the cringiness the i mean and the commercials don't bother me uh i mean even though i would rather it's spicy there's a, there's a yeah man <laughs> There, there, there's a pretty wide list of shit I'd rather do than watch those commercials just because of the cringe. Um, but I mean, like, what's your take on that? Because I, I don't know if I'm just a hater or if I'm just becoming bitter, but um, with the, the let's ride and the, just the press conferences and the, um, and I'll admit like with the do, doing high knees on the plane and shit like that, um, I, I don't think it's cringy in itself. I think it's definitely odd behavior. Um, I, I, I can't say it's not weird. 
Uh, but just as far as like his, his overall personality this season, like what's your take on it? Because I am kind of getting to the point to where I feel, I, and I do feel like it's a situation where it's like, if you're winning football games, you can afford to be cringy like that. You can afford the, the corny jokes, the, if we're sitting at five and two or six and one right now, and he wants to say Broncos country, let's ride at the end of every press conference. I don't give a shit. I'm not complaining. Uh, but no, we're two and five. You've, you've played like shit. Not that it's totally his fault, but um, we're two and five. We're not winning football games. You have not played good. Uh, and so, yeah, at a time like this, the, uh, the, and then just the, the cons or like the, just the situation of it, it seems like he has to let everyone know how hard he's working that he, uh, and I don't, I don't know if he really realized this, but to doing high knees in the aisles while everyone else was sleeping, I don't think he really realized that he's like putting down the rest of his teammates when saying that. I don't think he was trying to, but it's just like the, you know, letting everyone know how hard you're working, uh, go yeah. out there and prove it, go out there on the field and prove it. I'm, I'm just at the point where it's like, uh, uh, I don't want to be one of those people, but it is, you know, it's like, shut up and prove it just i i don't want to hear about you doing high knees on on the plane i don't want to hear your corny jokes or the broncos country let's ride during a press conference i'm tired of that at this point um start winning football games and i think you can afford to be corny like that again all i gotta say is broncos country let's ride broncos country let's ride man (laughs) No, nah, in all seriousness, I think it's funny, dude. I think it's funny. Like, oh, I, I, don't, do I don't think it has any effect to the field. I see what you're saying, like, back it up on the field. But, like, I, I, I don't care. Um, I just want to see his score points. But regardless, I don't care if he's saying let's ride. I think it's funny, to be honest. I agree with you in that aspect, though. I think it's been absolutely hilarious being able to watch the national media just melt down. Exactly. Over, I thought that over. video was hilarious of – um. Someone photoshopped him. I posted this on my Instagram. Someone photoshopped him on a plane, and it, it just, like, shifted the frame, and you could just see him, like, in one of the seats. He's like, Broncos country, let's ride. And oh, it was yeah. just, like, the, silent. The Everybody's sleeping. If, it, you know, and I think I, I, I think I should mention this. You know, if that's one positive thing that has come out of this season, it's been the memes. I, I can't lie. Every meme that I've seen regarding like just involving the Broncos has been top tier comedy. Uh, and rightfully so, you know, it sucks that we are the meme of the NFL this season, but they've, it's, it's been, it's been an experience to say the least. And uh, I, one thing I will say is I think it's, I think it's really uh, fun this season because it just, and among the national media, I think we're really finding out who the Russ haters are. Because I think we can all agree that Russ is frustrating, corny, cringy, and hard to listen to at times. I think we can all agree that they're like, we, you know, I, I think he's a little bit extra. And I think we can all agree it, just on some level uh, there. But uh, I, I do think it's because that, that's what I mean. I think the, I think the national media and then the Broncos fan base, it's such a, a wild difference. Uh, cause I, it seems like the national media, there's just some people out there that just downright hate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course this season and all of the meme content there's been, I mean that they're just absolutely loving this season. Cough, cough, Kyle Brandt. Um, but it's just, yeah. I, yeah. What's your take on it? I just like, what's your take on the, 
just his overall personality and the media's reaction to it. I think, I think the national media reaction has been great. Um, and then I, I just think that the, the Broncos fan base seems split on this right now. I think people need to stop like paying it so much attention. So many people are just like on his ass for every little thing he does. Like the other day he posts about his uh, anniversary with Sierra and everybody's like, dude, stop being so corny. Stop, start winning games, start scoring points. I'm like, dude, turn off your comments, dude. It's getting so bad. Like it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And then we already talked about Kyle Brandt on uh, one of our episodes. Kyle Brandt's a weirdo. I thought you were cool, but you just, you couldn't get uh, an autograph from Russell Wilson. So now you're acting like a little bitch, but um, <laughs> I'm playing. But, um, I mean, and that's where, that's how I feel though. I'm like, I'm enjoying it. I'm in, I'm in the middle because I think there's yeah. definitely valid criticism, uh, criticisms of it. Like, and I understand that, like, and you know that, I mean, and you and I know this, you know, plenty well after tough losses, like losing 19 to 16 week after week after week. Uh, and we're losing like that every week, you know, Broncos country, let's ride and just all the cringy shit. Like that's not what you want to hear after a tough loss, but then, and so I think there are valid criticisms to it, but then at the same time, I'm having an absolute blast watching people like Kyle Brandt, uh, like they're just trying to attack his character and i i mean and that's the thing this is nothing but like solely a football issue and they're trying to attack his character and everything else and so that's what i mean i think there's definitely valid crit, uh, criticisms on both sides and it's like i sit right in the middle it's like yeah he, you know he's getting annoying it's getting corny it's getting exhausting to say the least and then on the other hand, there's people, I think the national media is just taking it. Like they're completely blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. My advice for people is just distinct the off field stuff from the on field stuff. When, when, when that clock uh, is at 15 minutes first quarter and it starts ticking, push all that shit aside. And then you could start criticizing Russell Wilson. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. Then whenever the clock's at zero and he goes, goes to the, you know, his press conference and is like, yeah, we just lost 30 to zero, but let's ride. Then, then go ahead and say, say all your shit, but don't accumulate that with his on-field play. Um, that That's just where I stand. I, I honestly could care less. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just about on the same page with you there. Um, and then going back to our predictions, uh, defensively, I, I think Bradley Chubb is due for a big game. He had, he, I think this this is two weeks now that he's, um, he hasn't had a sack, I believe. Um, I know last week he didn't have a sack, but um, I think Bradley Chubb's due for a big game. Um, I think he's gonna wreak havoc for um, Trevor Lawrence and their offensive line. I can see Bradley Chubb having a big game, especially with all these trade rumors. Um, you, Bradley Chubb, if anybody on this team, he takes shit personally. I can tell he he's like he's a he's a heart like to the heart guy. Um, so I think with all the trade rumors, he could go off. I could see him having like a two two and a half sack, three sack game. Honestly, um, I, I like his matchup as well. I think he's gonna have a pretty good game. So I think Russ and Bradley Chubb are gonna be our uh, studs on offense and defense respectively. Um, and then let's go ahead and uh, finish this one off with our uh, score predictions. Who do you got and uh, by what, by how much? Again, uh, I'm in, I'm in prove it mode. So uh, mm. I, I think at this point and just too, it's not that I just, I don't want to seem like I just hate, hate the Broncos, but um, I mean, I, you know, I, I make my predictions to be accurate on them. Uh, I, I love the optimism, but I'm going to be realistic week in and week out. So 
Um, I, I got a 20 to 17 uh, Jags win. I was literally just thinking in my head, I have a uh... – I've been. I felt the way. I felt this way ever since um, the end of the game against the Jets. I still feel this way now. My my gut feeling hasn't changed. Um, I'm picking the Jags in this one. Uh, I got the Jags 21 to 17. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't. Know, I really don't know what to expect from Russ this week. We haven't seen him in two weeks. Um, he says he he says he feels uh, like he's he's great and he's ready to roll. Um, but you know that's that's one thing on our offense. We have plenty of other things that are question marks right now. And we really don't know how it's going to go this Sunday. Um, this is one of those games where I really, I, I think the Jags are going to win, but it it, it could go up, uh, either way. Um, I think our defense will have a, a decent game, but I, I feel like with this team, it always comes, it's it's always it always goes to where if our offense starts scoring points, like and they start getting on a roll, like we saw that against the Raiders, we saw that against the um, the Chargers, the defense starts to kind of like. Um, fall off yeah fall off take a step back um i i haven't seen a game where like our both uh fat like sides of the game have dominated um i haven't seen that from the broncos in years um i think the last time we saw that was like against the cowboys where we beat them 42 to 17 with trevor simeon um where we cowboys beat the lions last year were probably the last t- last yeah. two yeah uh yeah. And that's, you know, and that's one thing that I've brought up week after week. Uh, and again, I mean, sh- shit, I brought this up in the first three to four weeks of the season is all I want to see. Uh, and like I said, like you brought up the Raiders game, that was the one game where we were finally like, okay, maybe we have something going here on offense because we finally eclipsed 20 points for the first time. Uh, or well, and actually that was the first game that we had even eclipsed 16 points. And I think that is still the only game that we've, uh, gone over that, yeah. but, um, you know, and that's, that, that is what we've seen, you know, uh, this, like the defense, uh, not so much. I don't think that that was a bad game, but we couldn't get the stops where we needed to. Um, and well, actually I take that back, you know, Josh Jacobs or, or ran for almost 200 yards that game so that was a pretty terrible game but uh yeah and like you said the the one time that we did get something going on offense you know the defense kind of shits the bed and so it goes to waste but uh but even then you know i mean you want to score more than 20 23 points but yeah uh that that is one thing i have noticed is that and at this point i'd be even encouraged i if you know what fuck it let's give up 30 points but i at least want to see 24 at this point would be uh would be encouraging from the offense 24 points 27 uh just anything uh just any sort of life from the offense and yeah that's one thing that i i just going back to i've wanted to see from this team for years now is just one complete game where the offense you know can put up I mean, maybe this is wishful thinking, but 30 plus points and then the defense can play like themselves Uh, and themselves is, I mean, we're a top three defense in the league and that we should, we're routinely holding teams under 20 points. So uh, I'm not saying you've got to do that every game, but even holding a team to 20 to 24 points, I think that's a, a successful day in my, in my eyes. Yeah, I would agree. Um, we definitely need something convincing for the Broncos because we haven't seen it at all this season. Um, with the few wins that we do have, they were like extremely squeak, like they barely squeaked by, did just enough. 
Um, and you can even make the argument that they didn't deserve to win those games. Um, so, yeah, we really really need to see, see something convincing from the uh, Broncos offense. And, uh, and if they do give us something convincing, the defense needs to back them up. So, yeah, just overall, we need a convincing win from the Broncos. Um, it would be a good start to get one this week, um, you know, build off that. Uh, we really need to get this win this week because going into the bye with momentum would be would be very helpful. Um, there's a lot of trade rumors and uh, everything right now for the Broncos. So um, we're going to keep you guys posted with that. Um, with that being said, that's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed um, our first uh, video podcast. I think it was uh, it went pretty well. Um, we're going to be having a uh, live reaction to the games uh, coming up. Um, those would be a blast. Um, if not, you guys are listening on, uh, on YouTube right now. Make sure if you didn't already hit the uh, subscribe button, hit the like button, turn notifications on. Um, if you're on Apple or Spotify um, podcasts, make sure you guys uh, go ahead and follow on there. Leave a rating uh, notifications on as well. So you never miss an episode of this podcast. Um, that's going to be it for today's episode. Everybody that sh- uh, interacted with the podcast today, followed, uh, did anything. Um, look at me right now. Look at me. That's going to be it for today's episode. See you guys later. Peace out.